0: Jesus, we worship you. You're so good to us, Lord. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry
1: i man. Again, I needed rescue. I needed rescue. My sin was hit. The chain, chains break. God's faithfulness shines ever strong ever true especially in those times actually because we realize our hope is not in anything in this world i said our hope is not found in anything in this world amen come on sing this
0: There's something about the name of Jesus, there's something about the name of Jesus. What a beautiful name, what a powerful name, what a wonderful name. Oh, it is so sweet to trust in you. so sweet to put our hope and only you. Seasons come and seasons go, but you are always faithful. I just feel like you need to think about this faithfulness. Think about his faithfulness. The psalm says it's like the waves of the ocean, The it goes on and on and on. You are faithful, you are faithful. Sing a new song to Him. You are faithful and always good. Sing it, you are faithful. You are faithful, you are faithful, yes you are, you are faithful. Good. Sing a new song into the Lord You are faithful You are faithful You are faithful and always good You are faithful You are faithful You are faithful and always good Yes, you are
1: We're supposed to play unto the Lord.
0: Yes, you are faithful, faithful, faithful. David said in songs, let the harp and lyre give up all praises. Let the trees of the field wave their branches. lift up our arms to heaven we wave these arms like branches to you. we lift up a shout of praise we lift up a shout of praise we lift up a shout of praise we lift up a shout of praise, shout of praise. come on we lift up a shout Ciao.
1: strongly in this
0: place. Something happens when we worship you. Something happens when we come to you, in spirit and in truth. We want to say, God, whether we're here in the building or tuning in online, we're not here for a show, God, we're here for you. I'm not here to be entertained, Lord, I'm here to worship to pour out my praise upon your feet Just like that woman who bust through the doors and worship you We lay it all down holding nothing back cause you're worthy. You give a life You are love. You bring light to the dark. every heart
1: Something with the is that Emily? I can't tell who it is. For some reason the lights are really bright. But the red sweater? Is that Emily or who is that? I don't know who you are, but anyway, I'm gonna pray for you. Just somebody nod yes if it's Emily or no. Oh it's not. Okay. I don't know why the lights actually I, really, I can't tell, but you look a lot like my sister. But anyway, I uh you, you just keep standing out to me, and I just feel like God wants to share something with you. I don't know what it is yet. I just know He's going to share something. Everybody, just bow your heads. Maybe uh, stretch your hands towards the sun, lady. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you,
0: Lord. Yeah. yeah.
1: Young lady, He rejoices over you with singing. Just hear that verse from Zephaniah that says he's like a father who dances and rejoices over you with singing. Young lady, I have I have uh, four little girls and a foster baby, and I sometimes we'll just in our living room we've got a sound system in there, and I'll just play some worship music real loud, and dance around with them, and I just feel like this is a strange word maybe, but God does that with you. He he rejoices over you. I mean wildly.
0: He says you're my daughter and I
1: love. I just, I guess he wants to say he's praying with you. He prays with you. I just see him uh, kneeling beside you as you pray. I mean, the son himself prays with you. And those times when you thought that your prayers maybe weren't heard or you got tired praying, God says he's heard every prayer, every single one.
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
2: Because
0: you know just what we need, just what we need. You know just what we need.
1: song just enter my mind. I think the Holy Spirit wants us to sing this.
0: Take me past the outer court into to the holy place Past the brazen altar Lord, I long to see your face Take me past the priests who sing their praise a hunger and thirst for your righteousness and it's only found one place take me into the holy of holy take me in by the blood of the lamb take me Take the cold, cleanse my lips, here I am.
1: I know we kind of don't do this often, but would you just close your eyes? I just, I just want you to picture the holy place.
0: the coal, cleanse my lips, here I am, one more time, so take the coal, cleanse my lips, here I am, purify our hearts today we pray.
1: you, Lord. God, we are truly here to meet with you. Thank you for reminding us this morning of what it means to meet with you, to be purified in your holiness. You are such a good God, such a gracious God. And everybody who would agree with that, give a big amen. 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 You may be seated. Turn around and give three or four people a wave, a corona hug, okay? Give them a big wave. How is everybody doing? Will had a trip planned for months uh, to go out on his vacation this week, so he's out, and uh, Pastor Ben felt uh, he was exposed to someone and wanted to play it safe and and stay home. Thank you all again for praying for uh, me and, and Danielle. We've been feeling good. And so just excited to be back um, with you guys today. And thank you all who are tuning in online. Uh, welcome to Rock of Grace. Let me tell you what we're all about. We are leading people to follow Jesus together. And uh, we're going to talk about that word together a lot today. Uh, what well, God put on my heart. Oh, now I know who you are. Now that the lights are up. Uh, what, what's your name again? Kira. Everybody say, hi, Kira. How you doing? Hi. Glad you're here. Uh, sorry, ADD. Um, just excited. Excited to be in God's house and uh, with you guys. Um, if you're a guest today, if you can make sure you fill out that welcome card um, and the foyer. Um, we're doing a little bit different lately, of course, but in the Welcome Center, you can grab a Connect card and be given a gift uh, from us to you. And that also makes sure that we can stay in contact with you. So if you haven't received a text or an email in the last month, if you could update us with that information, you can also do that on our website, rockofgrace.org. Can everybody say rockofgrace.org? All right, so that's got a spot for you um, to do that, and uh, just thankful. Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? Don't we have, like, so, so much to be thankful for? Oh, my goodness. It was so cute going around and listening to my daughters. In fact, they beat me to it. We just served the meal, and Selah goes... Let me guess, Dad, we're all going to list what we're thankful for. And she said as if she was annoyed, you know. I'm like, yes, we are. Yes, and I'm thankful for this moment. Aren't you, Selah? So, no, but um, we have uh, a guest with us today. I'm actually going to preach only half of the message. uh, And uh, my friend, Noel Cooster is going to preach the other half of the message. So God put together something really cool um, where uh, Pastor Ben was going to speak, but then when the Lord, uh, when I, Talked to him yesterday, and uh, it was pretty neat. God had already put something on my heart on Monday about spiritual gifts and the body of Christ. Uh, and then Danielle told me about what a great job Noel did, and I said, well, let's tag team it. So pretty excited about that. We believe in women in ministry, by the way. I just want to say that. Uh, at Rock of Grace, we believe in women in ministry. Can I get a big amen? <laughs> Some of you ladies were like, girl power. I saw that over there. I won't point you out. Third row, tan shirt. But um Could the ushers, uh, actually, you don't need to come forward because we're going to do it differently. Uh, Thank you for the reminder. We're going to put the offering in the big mercy box on your way out. But you can prepare your gift right now uh, unless you do what I do, which is give online. Um, But keep in mind, too, we always want to be open to the Holy Spirit. You know, that's something that maybe you might want to just remember today, that while we give online, most of us, uh, we can't also forget the prompting of the Holy Spirit. That sometimes the Holy Spirit will prompt you, uh, you know, right now in a service to give an extra gift to compassion, to missions, or maybe our church planting mission. How many know we're planting 10 churches in 10 cities in 10 years? Who knows about it? Okay, good. Um, in fact, God's been doing some really cool stuff. I can't wait to tell you about uh, a young man that I've been interviewing for a future campus that God, there's no way it could have came together except God. But uh, well, let's pray over this offering. And we're just excited to give today. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to give our tithes and our offerings. Lord, it truly is. It's not just a saying to us, Lord. It is an expression of our worship to you. God, we thank you that you have given us this finances to steward, Lord. And it is our joy and privilege, Lord, to give you back our first 10% and whatever else your Holy Spirit leads us to do in offerings. We thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to invite up Noelle Cooster. Bring her, give her a big hand as she comes. And as she's coming, this lady needs no introduction, folks. No, I'll I'll introduce her. Um, we used to go to we used to ride to school together. That's how far we go back. Uh, I won't name the artists you used to play because you're saved now, but um, it, we, we go back so long, and <laughs> Matt likes it. Uh, and uh, she's just awesome. She is a, a voice of encouragement um, to this house like nobody else I know. How many of you guys know I'm talking about the encourager? We should just call her the encourager. She's like a superwoman uh, when it comes to encouragement. She has that gift. We'll be we talking about spiritual gifts actually today. But um, kind of relative to, so my uh, sister married her brother. And so we've got to know each other so well over the years. And I'm telling you, we have such a gift in this house with Nate and Noelle Cooster. So one more time, put your hands together for them.
3: Thanks, Jordan. Good morning, everybody. Um, This morning I was listening to, um, it's Maverick City music. My niece, Evie, turned me on to this group. And, oh, they just know how to usher in the presence. And I was listening to this song called Fill the Room. It's just seven or eight minutes of... um, Just asking the presence of the Lord to fill the room, fill the room, fill the room. And so, um, as I was worshiping this morning to that song, I really just was super thankful for our worship team. And I just saw them just ushering in the presence of God to this house. And I just, there's such purity flowing from this place, from each one of them. So... Each one of them just has such a pure heart. So I just want to say thank you to our worship team. We know that you are spending time with the Lord because you're ushering such a sweet presence. And Jesus is the chief cornerstone of this house. But each one of us is a stone and plays a part in building that house. And you guys, you wor- this worship team is just shining. Um Stones, You're just like so beautiful and strong and such a part of ushering God's presence. And so I just want to do that. I just want to ask. I know Jordan's already prayed, but I just want to pray. And I just um, ask, uh, Lord, I ask your Holy Spirit to fill this room. We thank you for your presence. It's your presence that changes and, and moves, God. And you are just in this house. And we just thank you so much for your presence. I pray that you... Just fill this room, Lord. We we come in one way, and we leave another. And we just pray that you change us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've never preached before. Um, I spoke 10 or 15 minutes at a women's event about a month ago. So this is new for me. So thank you for allowing me to be here today. I love to talk about Jesus. I love to talk about the word. And what's funny about this is... Um, When the SIP team asked me to speak on spiritual gifts um, a few weeks ago, I put together a little message. And as I was done, I just sort of had it in my own wording. I really felt the Lord tell me to rewrite my notes so that I could understand them again because that I would be sharing this again. So I thought it would be to like 10 or 15 people and I thought it would be down the road. So I tucked it away. So when Jordan called me, I literally, before he was even done asking me, I just said yes, because I knew that God was already preparing me for this moment, because otherwise I would have said no, I need six months at least to prepare to speak, uh, because that's not something I really saw myself doing. So, um, it is because of the Lord that I am here today. I... Already broke the ice the first time I was up here a month ago. I was done. I was all excited. I introduced Michelle Moran, and I went down the stage, and I just fell right off the stage. So the worst has already happened, so hopefully I don't fall off the stage again today. But yes, that did happen. (laughs) Um, I love this topic. We're talking about spiritual gifts in the body of Christ. Um, I love this topic because I love to see the body of Christ working beautifully fulfilling the great commission of making disciples. I love to see everybody doing their thing to serve Jesus. It just makes me so happy. And God loves unity, um, so I love talking about this. And what I realized when I started putting this together, um, it took a different turn. I just really felt like the Lord calling me to the beginning, to go back to the beginning. I want to go back to that place of creation When he thought about you, when he dreamed about you, when he breathed his breath of life into you personally, the foundation of everything that we know is first built on the foundation of knowing who we are in Christ, because you can have a lot of gifts, and you can be even using them within the church, but you first have to know that you are a son and daughter of the most high God and that you belong to him before you're a husband or a wife or a son or a daughter or a pastor um, or a dentist or a builder, whatever, it's first you're a child, a son and daughter of the most high God. And I just feel like the Lord is just stirring that in us He is calling the sons and daughters to arise and take our place seated with him in heavenly places. He's saying, don't focus on what you see going on around you because he's doing something else. We have to go above what we see going on around us and come into the heavenly realms and say, Lord, I know you're doing a good thing. Church looks a little different now, but I'm telling you, God is doing something awesome. He's not sitting up there sleeping. Um, God never slumbers or sleeps. Um, he's doing a mighty work, and he's going to do a mighty work in your life. He's going to do a mighty work in the church. He's preparing us. And that's why it's so important for us to be spending time in the Word, whether you're in church today, watching online. Be in the Word of God on your own, seeking his presence, living Psalm 91, who he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Anyways, that was a side note. Um, I just want to go back to the place when God was thinking about you, when he gave you all the gifts that he gave you when he created you. He is passionately in love with you. He adores you. He longs for you and our identity must be rooted in this fact that you are first loved by God. The gifts that you have, the grace gifts as we call them, that God has given you to you has given to you to use for his glory, but what you do for him with your gifts first stems from the fact that you are a son and daughter of God. You are his. You belong to him. And knowing this is enough to weather the storms of life, the storms and the difficulties that even come from being within a body of Christ or being within a family. It will weather the fear of man. It will help you weather comparison. Fear of not having what it takes Fear of offending or fear of being offended. You have to start from the very place that God created you. You have to know that He created you for His purpose. That's the foundation. And the enemy, He wants to steal this confidence and this truth from us. You know, the enemy's voice, His language is lies. The Word of God tells us that the enemy actually has His own language, just like we speak English. Every time the enemy opens his mouth, it's a lie. So if you feel something coming against your identity, who you are, that isn't lining up with the word of God, then it's the voice of the enemy and it's a lie. And the way that you combat that is going to the word of God and saying, Lord, what does your word say about who I am and you? What does your word say about me? And that's why we have to have regular, fresh revelation by being in the Word of God ourself. Come in contact with the fresh Word of God. And so I want to do that now. I only have two points today, so you can be happy about that. I'm not going to be up here that long. Two points. The first one is what we know is that we are created by God, which is all the things that I just said. And Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 31, God saw all of this and he said, it is very good. God created you because of his desire for a relationship with you. He wanted you. So although your your gifts are important and they're awesome, he wanted you. He wanted a relationship with you. And God is no respecter of persons. He loves us all. So if you're willing to say, Jesus, I love you, you're my Savior, say yes to God, then you feel his blessing. You feel his love. And by the way, this is just, this verse is a really good place to start. For anything, including your children, when you go to have, like, the talk with your kids or just talk to your kids about their identity in Christ— especially with what the world is trying to come against our children and their identity, you start right here, that God created you in his image. He had you in mind before you were even born. He thinks you're awesome. He created you male or female. He saw that it was good, and we'll just leave it at that. It's just a great place to start. Jeremiah 1.5 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. And Jeremiah was called to be a prophet. So as God's telling him, hey, I've set you apart. i got this great calling for you. He says, well, yeah, I can't do that. I don't know how to speak. I'm like a child. And then God says, don't say that. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. So whatever God has called you to do, whatever he's given you to use for his glory, the gifts that he's given you to serve your brothers and sisters in Christ or serve in this church, he's saying, don't be afraid. I'm with you. And I actually, it's actually a little refreshing to see the humanness of some of these great prophets like Jeremiah or Elijah or David. You know, they were human. But God still said, you're a man after my own heart. Or I've called you to be a prophet. So this whole group of like young people over here, you guys don't have to sit here and say, well, I'm going to wait until I'm 40 to do what God's called me to do. You can do it right now. So Psalm 139, this is my favorite. This is my mantra. Uh, Most of you in here probably know it. And if you don't read it and read it a lot, (laughs) Um, I actually have it from the Passion Translation. I just like the verbiage of this. It says, you are the one who put me together inside my mother's body. I praise you because because of the wonderful way that you have created me. Everything you do is marvelous. Of this I have no doubt. Nothing about me is hidden from you. I was secretly woven together out of human sight, but with your own eyes, you saw my body being formed. Even before I was born, you had written in your book everything about me, and uh, that sort of rocks my world, and actually, the whole book could probably be written about that last part. Um, Even before I was born, you had written in a book everything about me, this verse, it It just sort of wrecks me because it makes me feel so loved, so secure, and it eradicates fear, knowing that your days are written in a book. We don't have to fear. God knows everything. He sees everything. He has those eyes of fire, and there's nowhere you can't go that he doesn't see you. His eyes are always on us. The New Living Translation says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Do you believe that God is in the details of your life? Do you believe that he has good things in mind for you? That everything about you was the work of his perfect hand? And every breath that you have breathed, that you will breathe, and that you are breathing now is because he has chosen to give it to you again. This eradicates fear in our life. As Jordan sang today, it's your breath in my lungs, so I pour out my praise. Every day that we have is a gift. And even today, wherever you are, we have the opportunity to use our breath to praise the Lord. But he is involved in the intricate details of your life. Matthew 10, 29 says that even the hairs on your head are numbered. Kind of makes you want to go like this and just take out a hair and know that God knows. Hey, just testing them out here. Um I just picture God delighting in you as he chose your eye color and your hair, the sound of your laugh, or as my husband says, my cackle, (laughs) Um, the shape or the smell of your funny feet, um, the quirks of your personality, all of it play into who God has created you to be and how he wants you to serve him. so we've established that we as individuals are created by God uniquely, by his hand for relationship with a heavenly father who loves you. The second part, oh, actually, I gotta read Isaiah 64:8. It says, You are our father, we are the clay, and you are the potter. We are formed by your hand. And in 1 Peter 2:8, it actually says that we're God's possession. We sort of like belong to him, <laughs> and he loves us, and he's always going to come after us. So, the second part point two, is that you are part of God's forever family, and this is the part that I said that I took took God took me down a little bit of a different rabbit trail um, that I wasn't expecting. That has sort of changed me. Not sort of. It's really changed me. Um, You are part of God's forever family because when you accept Jesus as your Savior, you become part of his forever kingdom. You are adopted as his son or daughter. Ephesians 1 6 says that we are adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. You are royalty, and everyone else in the family of God who believes in Jesus is your brother or sister in Christ. And, you know, I've heard this a thousand times. I've 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 grown up in the church, so I hear, hey, brother, hey, sister, all the time. And I really took it for granted. And I realized that I kind of missed something because I have a really good family, earthly family. Hi, sis. (laughs) Who loves me, and we have a great relationship. And so I sort of overlooked this. I talked about it a lot, but I really didn't get it. So bear with me a second. I was overlooking the power of the blood relation, That I have with you as brothers and sisters in Christ. Let me explain how God rocked my mind with this because we become part of God's forever forever family through the blood of Christ. So if you have Jesus in your heart, this is your eternal family. Welcome. Get used to him. You're going to be with him a long time. The bond is eternal. Earthly family, although given by God, is only bound by natural blood, and unless they too enter the family of God through the blood of Jesus, he already paid the price, you only have to believe, it really is a simple message, Um, then that's only temporary, but the bonds with your brothers and sisters in Christ are eternal, they run much deeper. What I mean is that your earthly family, or what I mean is that the, the family of Christ is bought with the blood of Jesus, which unites us for eternity. Now, I am not, I repeat, I am not diminishing the importance of the earthly family because God has given them to us as a gift. He's highlighting in these scriptures, which I'm going to read, he's highlighting the spiritual family because he knew that we would be operating together to be a light into the world. So he wants us to do family well. Galatians 3, 26 and 28, and 4, 4 through 6 says this, You are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. You are all one in Jesus Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent his spirit of his son to live in your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you're a son, God has made you an heir. And even Jesus said in his gospels in Matthew 10, 35 through 37, and a couple other places, he said, who are my mother and my brother? Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my mother and brother. So we're united by the blood of Jesus forever. We're a family. And again, I'm not diminishing the importance of earthly family. I'm elevating spiritual family, and you're a part of it. And I think I was thinking of like Jordan and Danielle with their, with their foster baby, and many in this church are fostering and even adopting. And when that child is adopted into, the, into their family, they have all the rights that your other children have, because now they're your child. And that's how we are in Jesus Christ. We have all the rights that the Lord has to offer his children. You have available to you simply by saying yes to Jesus. And look at this amazing family that you have just by saying yes to Jesus. And just in the story of Jonathan and David, in 1 Samuel 18, says they loved each other like brothers, and they weren't bound by earthly blood, but they called each other brothers. And in 2 Samuel, it talks about how Jonathan asked him, asked David to remember him, remember my family. And so down the road, I know Jordan loves this, this story. I've heard him preach on it a couple times. Um, David says, hey, is there anybody left in the family that I can bless in Jonathan's family? And like, actually, yeah, there's um, this son. His name is Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth, if you know the story, I think was he dropped as a baby? and crippled, and he brings this, what would have been considered probably somebody who was sitting way down at the end, David brings him right to his table and says, I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to restore, and I'm going to give you the lands, and so that was, that's what we do for our spiritual family, so I read that the word brother, sister, or brethren, the word in Greek is adelphos, and it means whether by blood or by the blood of Christ is found 350 times in the New Testament. This should mean, mean something to us. Um, the only permanent union that we have are those bound by Christ's blood in the spiritual family of God. So I just want to end with this, that in John thirteen thirty-five it says, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. This is a teaching for another day, but I don't want to move past this place. I want to think about the depths of this truth. If you are my forever family, then what does this mean and how we live and serve together? What does this mean and how I live and serve together with you? Probably means that there needs to be a lot of grace, a lot of forgiveness. Um, I know I've had to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me a lot to my brothers and sisters in Christ? Um, It means that there's going to be a lot of commitment, and it means that you're yoked together, okay? We're going to do this thing. (laughs) We are family, and so I just wanted to, um, before Jordan comes up, I just wanted to to recap, reminding you that you are first created by God, that he loves you, and I'm just setting a foundation for what he's going to be teaching, and then number two... That with who you are in Christ, you come to this body and you serve together with each other, part of this beautiful body. Because God loves unity. He loves unity within the church. And he can do a lot with unity. And um, so those two things. And then Jordan's coming up. And he's going to be talking about the, the individual gifts um, as being part of the body. 1 Peter 4, 10, 11 says, God has given each one of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So use them to serve each other well.
1: Give her a big hand. Wasn't that awesome? What you have to realize is so cool is that uh, when I got that call yesterday and I was like, I told Danielle, I had just prepared something that I thought was for the future, and my text started at Romans 12.3, and she sent me her message, and it ended at Romans 12.3. I kid you not. I kid you not. Is that crazy? So I think God has a message for us today. Um, Romans twelve three 3 uh, through 9. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, must not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith God has assigned. So God has given you the faith to believe in what she just said. Let me say that again. God has already given you a measure of faith To say yes to the truth of what Noel just taught. That yes, you are a child of God. Um, You are uh, made in his image. And you have been given gifts. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. And individually members of one another. So we're connected to one body. Another. I'm connected indelibly to Bob Pashley. I'm connected in Deb, uh, indeb- whatever that word is, to Gary Hooper. I'm connected to UTR, whether you like it or not. You're stuck with me. We're the body of Christ and we need each other. Now, look at this having gifts according to the grace given to us, let us each use them. Now, I think it's so, I, I keep interrupting this, this scripture. I'm going to come back to it, but. What God put on my heart, and again, I thought this was for another day, but it's clearly for this weekend, is that there are so many people who don't use their gifts. They're just laying there dormant. And I feel that breaks God's heart. I feel that makes him sad. I feel like a, uh, like a dad whose child doesn't believe in themselves. You know, that it makes me sad. It, makes, it would make me sad if my daughter said, no, I have, I have nothing to give. No, yes, you do, and that's how God thinks about you. So if it's prophecy uh, in proportion to our faith, then prophesy. If service, then in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who encourages in his encouragement, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads, leads with zeal, the one who does... Uh, Acts of mercy with cheerfulness, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, and do not be lazy or slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Now these gifts, as I was reading some commentary In this app, by the way, Logos, which I paid a lot of money for, but it was funny—they made it free. So I want to let you know, Logos is free now, totally free, and it's an amazing Bible software. Yeah, the guys in the sound booth are just going, "Yeah, that was funny. That was the most silent cheer ever because there was no noise." But they both went—I felt like it was like a miming game. But um, I need you guys to check out Logos. So if you got your pen, or I see some of you are writing it down, will you write that down? Logos. Everybody say Logos. Listen, you have to understand, I literally, I I, it's, it was expensive, y'all. It's really good quality, like amazing study tools on the Bible, and it's free. How many love that price So free? Okay, so I don't know how they did that, but it's it's free. So please check that out. And as I was studying, it showed me that these are often called motivational gifts because they uh, describe what it is that motivates You. They're uniquely motivated in particular ways. So I believe every Christian, hear me, every Christian has one or more of these gifts. Now, guys, if we use simple math, 15% of you in this room have the gift of prophecy. 15% of you in this room have the gift of mercy, compassion. 15% uh, of the body of Christ and rock of grace have that gift of generosity. 15% have the gift of teaching. Are you tracking with me? I mean, because it says all of you have been given these gifts. Now, either we believe the word of God or we don't. How many believe the word of God? We can't just take out a part that say, well, I didn't grow up in the right household, so this verse doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does. You have been given spiritual gifts. uh, And to, I believe, uh, multiple spiritual gifts. Now, um, there's other passages in Ephesians that talk about different gifts. This is a place in Romans 12 where we just see seven and so there's obviously parameters and, let's say, let's say um, genres underneath of these. Like, for example, leadership, of course, would have different forms of leadership. For example, me and Kathy, we would, you would say, okay, we both have this gift of leadership, but her gift of leadership is very different than mine in that she's very linear and administrative. Where my gift of leadership is more visionary, inspire you, get the people together, but it's the same gift of uh, leadership. So does that help you? These are just kind of a big macro, not so much micro. But I wanted to give you these. Prophecy. In fact, can we read them out loud? Can we read these together? Prophecy, ministry or serving, teaching, encouragement, generosity, leadership or administration, and mercy. So let's just give a brief description. Uh, These are some of my thoughts on what these are. And uh, if you're taking notes, prophecy, it reveals the actions or the motives of a person through a word of knowledge, through a word of warning, uh, a word of wisdom about their future. Um, I often like to say it like this when I teach on prophecy. It usually does one of three things, confirm, confront, or comfort. All right, so let me give you an example of somebody, TR. Can you just wave at him? TR? Okay, so TR, like, Definitely has this gift, okay? So he's prophesied to me uh, through text uh, probably three, four, five times. My wife, the same thing, and it's always exactly what I needed to hear. It's the exact thing I was praying about. It's something very unique. It comforts me. It encourages me. All these gifts are meant to build up and encourage the body of Christ, to strengthen the body of Christ. All right? Isn't that cool? Uh, so you have serving, meeting practical needs, right? So maybe you're like, look, I don't want to be up front, but what's behind the scenes that needs done, right? So you just want to help out. Uh, teaching, searches out and teaches scriptural truth so that others listening can learn about God's words and, and God's ways. Pattern your lives after it. Encouragement, this is somebody who always lifts up and encourages others. It give, this person gives people courage, especially through a difficult time. All right? Generosity, meeting material needs through the giving of finances. By the way, I want, again, at the end of this message, I want you to be really just confident, humbly confident in who you are. You know, there's a very big difference between arrogance and confidence. Very big. Arrogance is what you think you can do on your own. Confidence is who you know you are in Christ. Confidence is what you know God can do in you. Right? So for me, I know prophecy and the generosity thing. Like, I, I have to stop myself from giving, like, instruments or, or stuff away. I love, I love giving gifts. Did you guys ever read five love languages? That You know, the gift thing? That's, like, to, totally, yeah. Everybody has these different gifts. Um, so that one resonates with me. Leadership, right, or administration, organizes and leads others, a natural bent to maybe take charge or lead. Mercy, somebody who empathizes and shows compassion to others, a supernatural felt pain when others go through pain. So, again, it's very likely that you'll operate in these different facets, two or three, maybe even four of these gifts. And keep in mind, God can do anything, so he might work in you in all seven gifts, right? Right? There's been many times when I've shown up to an event early back in my traveling days and I just wanted to serve, just wanted to help in that moment. I wasn't in charge of anything. wasn't on the microphone, but I saw they're loading chairs or stacking chairs or moving this or that, and I just want to help. So in that moment, I'm serving. Very simple, right? This isn't rocket science, is it? <laughs> it's really pretty simple, but I really want us to get this. So the questions I have for you today are this. Do you know which gifts you have? And secondly, are you using them to bless others? Are you using them to to bless others? Because what breaks my heart, Pastor Ed, what breaks my heart is a lot of people have this false humility thing. False humility. False humility says, "I I can't do anything. No, I can't. I don't really. I have nothing to give. Do you know I've literally had people tell me that? That's like telling God he did a bad job in making you. I remember one guy. He he literally, I never forget it. He said, "No, I have I have no gifts." I said, "Boy, God really blew it. (laughs) God, God messed up with you. You know." And he realized my sarcasm. I'm like, "God did not mess up. He gave you gifts. He gave you gifts." Turn around and look at somebody right in the eyes and say, "He gave you gifts." Now, why? It's to build up the church. It's to encourage one another. So I'm going to ask you questions. I want this to be very practical. Okay, I'm going to ask you questions and I want the ushers to help me out and pass out these. um, I just made this really simple chart. This is not this is not rocket science. This is a very simple chart uh, that I just typed up so you can start to say, yes, that's what I'm drawn towards. Yes, that comes easy to me, or yes, that's what motivates me, right? That's what gets me excited. And so um, I don't want because with with, uh, just the year 2020, we didn't pass out every chair. So I want you to raise your hand if you still need them. All right, Elijah, can you help pass these out? Thank you so much. So raise your hand if you still need them. Yeah, about half of you are covered. So keep your hand up if you don't have one. Now, I'm going to ask you questions, and I want you to be able to say yes or no to these, all right? Do you naturally take charge? Do you naturally, um, you know, like putting people into teams and giving them a task and leading them, right? Well, then you have the gift of leadership. So now my question is, how are you using that gift, How Could you lead a life group? Could you lead a Bible study? Could you help lead men's ministry, right? Could you help lead uh, something in the church or outside the church? I'm a big believer in parachurch ministries, all right, like Harriet Tubman Movement, right, United Worship. These are all parachurch ministries. You can lead something. Guys, I remember being a kid. I remember being like 10 years old. And putting big big guys on the team that say, you, 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 you're on a team. You, 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 you're on a team. We're going to play you guys after you guys lose. All right, go. And I remember, I'm not kidding. I remember thinking, why are they listening to me? I'm like four foot tall. And so I, I remember that as a kid. And I remember my dad telling me that, like, hey, son, you have the gift of leadership. Like, you're bossy. You're a jerk. No, I'm kidding. Um, Every one of these gifts, keep in mind, is going to have a temptation. That's a, that's a uh, study for another day. Uh, but every one of these gifts, you have to learn to laugh at yourself, and you have to learn to, to, to seriously take it with a grain of salt and uh, know what to be uh, watch out for. All right. Do you naturally tend to help others? Right? Do you naturally want to help out and get something done with your hands? Right? Maybe you have that gift of serving. Maybe you say, I just love to bake for people. I love to be in the kitchen, and I love to bring them a meal. Maybe you have that gift of serving, right? Ephesians would call it the gift of hospitality. You love to serve other people. How about this one? Do you naturally tend to make money? It doesn't come, it's not hard for you. It's, it comes easy, and then you love to give it away, Right? Now, obviously, we can all be generous, so nobody misunderstand me. You can be generous with you have $10 in the bank. Generosity has nothing to do with the amount. But still, there's this gift that the Bible calls generosity or giving that makes it very clear to understand that, hey, there are a number of people in the body of Christ who have been given that gift. Like you love to uh, not only create wealth but to give it away. So now my question for you then is how are you using that in the body of Christ, right? Have you become um, one of our partners yet in our 10 cities mission? Have you said, yes, I'm going to commit to give $100 a month or I'm going to commit to give $10 a month, right? I'm going to commit to, to give uh, whatever it is. Like for me and Danielle, God put on our heart 5% of our income towards church planning. And so we're, we're doing that for our 10 cities mission. So what is it for you? right? Maybe it's $10. Maybe it's $5. Maybe the Lord has just really blessed you financially. Maybe it's $1,000 a month. Seriously, I have no idea. Because your faithfulness is totally different than mine. What God's asked you to do and given you to do is totally different than me. Because it's all unique. Everybody get it? Okay. Do you often feel empathy when someone's grieving? Do you like genuinely get sad in your heart? Then you have the gift of mercy. Now it's time for you to ask, how am I going to use this gift in the body of Christ? I know about uh, probably 10 people in this church who love to write a card uh, of mercy and compassion to people who are hurting. They will bring flowers, card, a meal to people. And I'm sure there's a hundred. I'm sure there's you know, in a church this size, there's a lot. But I'm just I, right off the top of my mind, I could list ten people that I know. They they keep hallmarking business. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like they're writing cards. Like every time I talk to them, they're like, "Oh, I just sent her a card. I just sent her a card." I'm like, "Do you have a card factory in the basement? Just spits them out." You know? But um, that's your gift of mercy. How about this one? Do you often see someone in a moment, and you know things that you should not know otherwise? That's the gift of prophecy. If you have this prophetic uh, bent towards you where you have a word of knowledge about somebody that maybe you pass in a restaurant or maybe you pass on the street and you suddenly know things either about their future, or about their past. That's the gift of prophecy. Now, I want to encourage you that Paul says uh, in First Corinthians 12. I was just studying it a lot this last month um, because I did this Facebook thing where I was just talking with friends about prophecy. And... Um, It's interesting how he says, seek the gift of prophecy, because with prophecy, unlike tongues and some of the other gifts, everyone in the room is encouraged because everyone can clearly understand and knows. You know, in many cases, they know what that person is going through. But here's what's interesting with prophecy. The person prophesying almost always does not know the meaning. Uh, So be careful when you're prophesying. Don't always try to interpret um, the, the prophecy. But uh, can I give you a quick example? I asked Ashley and Carrie if I could give this story. Danielle told me about yesterday uh, or Friday, one of the two, um, that Ashley had had these prophetic dreams and didn't realize they were prophetic dreams. So by the way, don't, don't forget what the word tells us. In the last days, I will pour out my, and on, on who? On all flesh, right? And you will, what right, dream dreams, and have visions. Guys, I wanna tell you personally, I have never had dreams that I woke up and remembered ever in 37 years until this year. I don't know why. I can't tell you the number of times when I asked God this year, Lord, give me a dream, please. Just like literally like a five year old asking for a piece of candy. I'm like, Lord, could I just have a cool dream? Because I need some wisdom here. And then I wake up a couple hours later and I, it was amazing. It was clear, it was specific. Seriously. I mean, God. do you know God loves to give good gifts to his children? turns out he says all you have to do is ask. How many times did Jesus tell us that? Why don't we do it? You know? And so, uh, anyway, God had had told Ashley after she had these dreams of resuscitating baby Madison, Carrie's baby. As as you know, she's had two heart surgeries, and she had these dreams that she had wandered into some uh, pool of water and was drowning, uh, but then actually had resuscitated her, but she did it without any fear, no worry. And she, she felt like, correct me if I'm wrong, like, Lord, is this, on, is this on purpose? Is this something you're giving me? If this is supposed to mean something, should I tell Carrie? So she tells Carrie, not even thinking, right? Were you even th- not even thinking, had no, was not thinking about the, the uh, surgeries at all. And Carrie says, oh, she's had two heart surgeries, and I'm a little apprehensive about the third one, and that she might have to have a third surgery. And, and Ashley's like, well, here's the thing. When I was resuscitating her, I had no fear, and she came right back. And Carrie's like, oh, my gosh, Madison's going to be fine. You guys get what I'm saying? Because, see, God always knows. I can't tell you the number of times I've prophesied to someone, and I had no clue the meaning of what I was saying. I just knew these things, these specific things. And then they're say, oh, that's what I've been praying for. Oh, I know exactly what that means. So, maybe it's prophecy for you. Now, here's what's really neat Romans 12, 9 through 15 gives us instruction on what, how to use each gift. I never saw this before. I never saw, Pastor Ed, I never saw this instruction until I was reading it real slow. By the way, sometimes um, I encur- want to encourage you just read the Bible real slow. I like to read real fast. It's it's just part of my personality. I'll read real fast. And then the Holy Spirit will say, hey, read again. Read it real slow. And as I I read it real slow, check this out. Look at this. Verse 9, let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. So that's clearly for someone who has that gift of prophecy. They hate things that are evil. They cling to what is good. So the admonition from Scripture is this, let love be without hypocrisy. In other words, when you discern, when you discern something something is wrong with somebody, doesn't mean you write them off, you still genuinely love them. Isn't that interesting? Let love be genuine. So even when you have that gift of prophecy and you know something's going on with somebody, you can still, you, God's Word says, hey, genuinely love them, even though you discern something's wrong. Does that make sense? Verse 10 has the instruction for those who serve. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in, in serving, in showing honor. Now, that is a perfect description of somebody who has the gift of serving. They just want to show honor. I just want to show honor, right? People who have the gift of serving want to show honor. They want to put other people first. Verse 11 corresponds with the next gift, teaching. Do not be lazy in zeal. Be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. God's telling you if you have the gift of teaching to teach it with passion, to study with passion with zeal. Verse 12 offers instruction for those who have the gift of encouragement. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. See people who are encouragers know how to rejoice, but they also know how to be patient with people because they want people to see that God is still good, that they can, they can endure this trial that they're facing. Encouragers help you get through tough times, right? Again, Noel has this gift. There was, a, in fact, can I give you guys a cool story? I won't share all the specifics of it, but Danielle was, was praying through something, and she was literally <laughs> saying something very specific, and Noel knocked on the door. And she walked in, walks over to Danielle, and says the exact words, exactly, word for word, that Danielle just asked God for. Word for word. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. It was wild. So in that moment, God used her in two things, right? Prophecy and encouragement. Right. So God wants to use you in these gifts. So leadership, or I'm sorry, verse 13. Contribute to the needs of the saints, Pretty obvious, right? <laughs> Contribute to the needs of the saints. If you have the gift of generosity, you love to take someone's need and just, you know, fill that need. Like, oh, you need that? Let me, let me buy that for you. Let me get that for you. It's fun. It's fun. When you have the gift of generosity, you know you have the gift when, like, you have to stop yourself from giving stuff away. Okay? That's a good, that's a good thing. 15% of you, by the way, have that gift. Like no 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 that's just him it's just, it's just that guy. it's not me Lord <laughs> some of you guys you hear that gift you're like if you can use anything Lord don't use me oh no okay no that's not how that song goes okay the gift <laughs> the gift of leadership I'm running out of time I got 12 minutes though hallelujah here we go the gift of leadership check this out bless those who persecute you see how these correspond because you know if you're a leader. The first thing about leadership is not everybody is going to like the decisions you made in leadership. So anybody who's been a leader for more than 10 minutes knows what it's like to get persecuted. So that's why the Bible would, in, in God's wisdom, have each of these instructions, each of these lines give an admonition, an encouragement, a specific kind of warning or instruction that corresponds to each gift. So if you have the gift of leadership... It's telling you, hey, when people speak against you or curse you, don't curse them back, right? But instead, bless them. Finally, verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Sounds like the gift of mercy, doesn't it? This, of course, describes this, somebody who has the gift of mercy. You don't have to tell them to weep with those who weep, but you do need to remind them to rejoice with those who rejoice when you have the gift of mercy, right? So God's word is so rich, and I love how it ends. It says, serve the Lord. See, we serve the Lord by serving one another. Look at Ephesians 6, 5 through 8. It says, bond servants, obey your earthly masters without fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ." Not by way of eye service, as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ. Look at this. Doing the will of God from the heart. Every say from the heart. Don't forget, guys, God always cares most about your heart. That's why there's been, a, there's been just a couple times over the years when I was a worship leader here for uh, about 15 years or 14 years. Or just a couple times when I could tell someone needed a break. Right? So it's like, I'm committed to be on this worship team. It's like, I don't even want to be here, you know? So when, when you're saying, I'm going to serve on the nursery, but then you're behind the thing and you're like, you got your snotty kids, bring them back, you know? It's like, well, maybe you need a break for a little bit, right? So God wants you to serve, but keep in mind, cares most about your heart. Can everybody put your hand on your heart? So if you need a break from serving for a minute, that's Okay. But uh, God wants us to serve, and he wants us to serve from the heart. Look at this. Rendering service with a good will as to the Lord. So when you're serving and you're stepping up to serve in youth ministry, when you're going to a women's night and you're making the coffee, when you're serving in the nursery. By the way, we need help in the nursery. Did I mention we need help in the nursery? Can I get an amen? All the moms said amen. Right. When you're serving, you realize you're doing that unto the Lord because every one of those little babies is a destiny, is a life, is a promise. So all of these gifts are meant to express God's love. All of these gifts are meant to express God's love. So now I want you to go to that um, graph, if you will, that paper. We're going to put on just some some, uh, light worship music. And we're just going to take the next 8 to 10 minutes, and um, I want you to ask yourself um, which one of these gifts, in fact, can somebody bring up one to me because I left my sheet. Thank you, Mick. By the way, Mick has the gift of serving, and I'm not saying that because he's getting up. He's always the first person to get up to fill a need, and uh, we love you, Mick. Give it up for Mick. So let's say it's prophecy. What am I doing? What will I start doing? Now, I gave you some ideas on the far right. Maybe prayer team. Because maybe when people come up, you might have a specific word of encouragement that they need prayer with. Maybe worship team. Now, you say, why would you do that? Just because I've noticed a pattern over the years. I have so noticed a pattern. In fact, I really want to study this one day. Musicians usually make very prophetic people. It's just the way God—because because God uses your natural personality to complement your spiritual gift, okay? So if you're naturally like this kind of creative, improvisational person, and you go with the flow, um, then, then you're very likely going to be more easily used in the gift of prophecy. Okay, serving. So I've got ideas for you on the far right. Kitchen, usher, RSK, nursery, you can serve many places. Now, these are just ideas, There's many places you can serve. Maybe at your life group, you don't want to lead it, but you want to serve and bring this or do that or help the leader. Teaching, maybe teaching a life group, teaching a Bible study. Maybe encouragement. In other words, you want to be a host. You don't so much want to teach, but you want to open up your your home because you want to encourage people. You want to see people encouraged. Maybe generosity. Generosity. Right? So ideas would be, you know what? I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to talk with my spouse about what it means for us to commit to Rock of Grace's vision to transform Trumbull County for Jesus. And we're going to commit. God has blessed us financially. And we love to give. And we never put two and two together. We need to give to build these churches. Leadership. Maybe you could lead a life group. Maybe you could lead a boys' ministry or a girls' ministry. That's something we're hoping to launch in the, in the new year, that they would have three trips a year for just boys and dads, three trips a year for just girls and moms. And Christine would be the director over that, but we're still looking for somebody to take those. Mercy, the compassion. Maybe our new ministry, FAM, Foster Care Advocacy Ministry, we're putting this together where every single foster parent has a support team of six people. Somebody that's praying for them, somebody that's respite care, somebody that's cleaning their house once a month and giving them a date night. So maybe you wanna lead on that or maybe you say, I wanna be a part of that. Then I have the person for you to talk to and that's your thing. You're like, you know, I feel compassion towards those kids. I feel compassion towards those parents. So take some time. I've been rambling. You've got five minutes. We're not gonna come to the altar. We're not going to get prayer where this is the altar. Grab a pen and say, Lord, what am I doing? Or what will I start doing to use this gift? And the longer you're in the body of Christ, the more you'll realize, oh, man, maybe I, maybe I serve in three of these. Maybe there's three of these that really resonate with me. That's fine. That's not prideful, by the way. How can you take credit for a gift? That's why God used the word gift. You <laughs> did nothing to earn it. But you are responsible to be a good steward to use it. Okay? foster care advocacy ministry. All right, are you guys writing some stuff down? Getting some ideas? Good, all right, I'll leave you alone. Who's got at least one thing written down? you raise your hand? About half the class? I'm going to wait for the rest of the class. I'm going to wait for you, Matt. I'm going to wait for you. Which box would you say, you know what? If I had to pick, if I had to pick, you know, that one resonates with me. I love to tell people they're doing a good job. I love to encourage people. I love to instruct. I love to study. Or man, why do I always know things about people and then they happen? (laughs) That's prophecy. You like to lead people towards a common goal together? It's leadership. And maybe you're just very empathetic. You feel what people are feeling. Right now, how many of you have something written down? See if we can get about 80% of the class. Nice, Ava. I'm gonna call you out in the class. What's one of the boxes you wrote down? Oh, did you just lie to the pastor in the church? You got nothing written down, do you? Oh, I'm so proud. Good encouragement. Good. All right, somebody from this section teaching. See, I didn't even know that about you. That's awesome. And an intercession, I think, right? Intercession and prayer. All right, somebody from this one. Luke, what do you got? Generosity? Oh, I totally see that. I totally see that. How many know Luke? That totally sounds like Luke, doesn't it? All right, except from food, other than that. Other than that, because I've seen you eat. You're like, don't touch my plate, I'll kill you. Yeah, okay, it's cool. All right, Mason or Marcella? Encouragement? Serving. Oh, dude, Mason, listen, my pedal board was acting crazy a couple weeks ago at a worship night. Mason comes up to me like a Swiss army knife. He's like, You need this? Wah, 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 wah. He was like, he was, he was like a ninja with guitar tools. Pulled out all his cables and stuff I needed, and he just fixed me up, man. He has got that gift of serving. It's beautiful. Hey, everybody, go ahead and stand up to your feet. If you're at home, get up off that couch. I see you. God sees you, sir. Sir. With the pajamas on. God sees you. And I wanna pray over you because I really, you know, I know this doesn't feel like a normal Sunday, right? What pastor gives out a, a piece of homework on a Sunday? I don't know, this one. But I really want this to sink in because I really wanna see you start serving in the gift. Not because we, it's just like, well, yeah, I just need to get stuff done. No, no, no. It's because I want you to enjoy the joy that can only come through serving. You know, when Jesus taught in the talents, he said, enter the joy of your master. He only said that to the ones who did something to serve. Go ahead and bow your heads. God, I pray that every person, the sound of my voice online or in uh, this building would right now know this is one of my spiritual gifts. This is the thing that motivates me. This is the thing that energizes me. I love to teach and instruct, or I love to prophesy, or I love to lead people. I love to feel compassion and mercy towards me. This is the thing that resonates with me. And God, now I pray that you will give them the how. Lord, I can't tell them how. Only your spirit can tell them how. Lord, I can give them ideas, but only you Holy Spirit can right now instruct them specifically as to how they can use that gift to build your kingdom. Do a new work in our hearts. And Father, can everybody just put your hand on your heart? Father, we want to say our heart is open. Forgive us. In fact, can you all repeat after me, forgive us, Lord, when I've discounted the gift. In doing so, I discounted the giver. Forgive me, Lord. Use me in the gifts. Use me to build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, have a great week. I'm so thankful for the, that you came out to worship with us today. Enjoy the rest of your week.